Hot Press Podcast presents all the way from the literary and musical town of Listowel in County Kerry, Backstage at Mike the Pies. A podcast presented by Megan O'Donoghue. You're listening to Backstage at Mike the Pies, the podcast with Megan O'Donoghue. On this episode of Backstage and Mike the Pies, the podcast, I'm joined with the lads from TV People. I started off with asking the lads who's in the band. Uh, so my name is Paul. Uh, I play lead guitar and I sing. Um, yeah, I'm Bren. I'm the drummer. I'm Rob. I play bass. Now we're also missing one member who's a rhythm guitar player. We couldn't yeah, make it down tonight, so we're a, we're a three-piece tonight. He got lost on the way down, sadly, yeah, so we just... Collaborate. It's a long road to the I know, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had Google Maps, so he kind of got uh, lost along the way. Had to make some adjustments as well to <laughs> yeah. the set and all that. What kind of adjustments? I was basically just the last week, I was kind of <laughs> learned because we only found out he couldn't come about a week ago, so it's just me learning all of his parts as well. Just yeah. So normally I'm just singing without playing guitar all the time. <laughs> and then I write all my lead for when I'm not singing, so it's yeah. easier to play, but. Uh, that was a good challenge, it was a good bit of crack like, you know what I mean? Well, it was a great gig. Thanks very much, yeah. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah, crew oh, thanks to you. Oh, sure, the crew here, Mike the Pies, they're just, do you know what, they're amazing, amazing, like. I know, yeah, <laughs> uh, the sound was absolutely amazing, like, it was, uh, and it was cool as well, like, you know, playing the gig first and then being able to watch a gig right after and see it from the other side of it. And do you like that as a musician, being able to kind of look back oh, yeah, definitely, on yeah, the screen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it, like being able to watch Bullet Girl as well, like you know, and see, see it from the other side of the. How we did it, yeah, yeah. That was really yeah, brilliant. that's it. it we're, weird. we're not too, yeah. thinking too much about our own performance. <laughs> you know, we just have a beer and relaxing. You know? Yeah, so the name TV people, I suppose. Where did that come from? Well, yeah. So I met Paul and Len when I was about maybe twenty and uh, thirty years ago now, oh, and then. Um, one or two years ago. One or two years ago, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we didn't have a band name for a long time, and. Uh, we were just searching for band names and uh, eventually I came across uh, TV People, which was a, the title of a short story um, by an author called Haruki Murakami. He's a Japanese author. He writes kind of surrealist um, fiction. And uh, we just thought it would be a cool thing that would be able to, you know, you could you know build a brand around it and build a, you know, a cool aesthetic around that kind of thing. And we just, the story itself is very cool. So we just kind of landed on that and, and never changed i guess yeah like i, I kind of thought like i didn't know the the story kind of association initially brand was just like oh, tv people but like i just thought the name was cool initially because like obviously television is kind of becoming a bit outdated with like, <coughs> kind of all the other stuff going on so like the notion of uh <laughs> oh, i better put my mask on me uh, <laughs> like just the thought you know like tv people like people being mad into you know rte one or two was a bit, I thought that was funny, like you know, because no one would be really, but uh, obviously, RT is very good if anyone's listening in. But so, I suppose the three of you are here now. Where did the your kind of individual influences into the music scene begin? Well, I, I started doing lessons in school, I went to New Park Comprehensive School, and uh, it's a very cool school because it actually has a jazz school associated with it, and uh, you can go to lessons like during the school day. so um, I had a great teacher there called Kevin Brady and I learned a lot of jazz drumming and things like that and uh, then when I went to college I just wanted to join a band and met Paul and uh, and Len of course and we started playing playing gigs and things and uh, and then Rob came along and, and uh, I'm not sure where you guys where you guys got your 
Uh, yeah, for me, like uh, like when I was younger, like uh, you know, around the age probably like twelve or thirteen, like you know, my parents had sent me off to you know play football, play rugby, whatever, you know, just shy of it all kind of thing. So they were like, uh, we may as well get him into the music, get him a guitar kind of thing. Uh, and at the time, like to be honest, like when I was when I was playing away, like I, I just had no interest in it, and it was only when I was kind of. 15, 16, a few friends of mine started picking up instruments and playing along and like the whole, probably the whole way throughout kind of my entire guitar playing has been, you know, when I've been learning is just by being in bands with people and playing with people, like even obviously from the lads, like I, that's where I kind of learned most of kind of my, I suppose, sensibilities or like what I'm kind of into in playing guitar, like I've just kind of learned from jamming with people and just making stuff up and seeing what sounds good. It's kind of my uh, background. Yeah, I mean, I'd be similar enough to Paul, like, I kind of got really into, like, like, when I was, like, 12 or 13, I was really into, like, metal bands, like, classic, yeah. like, Iron Maiden and stuff like that, and Metallica, um, and so I started playing guitar, and, you know, I eventually went into more kind of indie stuff and electronic-y kind of stuff as well, like, I was mad into Radiohead, like, for years and years, I still am. Um, I was in a couple of bands, and I did guitar lessons back then, I kind of, like, when I went to college, I kind of that kind of took up a lot of my time, so I kind of yeah. put it aside for a while, but then after I finished, I started working with Brendan, and they were for a bass player, and you know, I had a bass at home, you know, I mean, I didn't spend like that much time with it, but you know, I kind of like to play bass like a guitar almost, um, so I, I came along, gave it a go, and I figured why not. Show up uh, where we sent him like <laughs> recordings of the music, just being like, expecting nothing, just like, show up, play something kind of thing. Yeah. And he uh, showed up with like a load of sheets of like he tabbed out all the songs. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. a, a real crap like songs like he's never going to play anymore. <laughs> he's probably tabulated perfectly. And uh, we knew, you know. We played two <laughs> of them tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you made yeah, it good again. Yeah, that was again. it. I mean, it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of reignited my interest in like playing and stuff like that because, you know, I, I kind of got a bit fed up as well. Like kind of just learning like other bands songs so it's nice to do it now and kind of do our own stuff like now I much prefer obviously playing like original stuff that we've written yeah, or just of like course. jamming yeah. ideas and stuff so yeah yeah it was nice uh, kind of reintroduction to it into my life you know yeah and is there anyone or any people in particular that you love listening to as a band um Bullock Girl obviously uh good friends of ours uh, I think they're brilliant uh I know like uh trying to think like obviously like when I first met Bren like you've always been very into like Arctic Monkeys who were kind of my teenage band you know like Arctic Monkeys The Strokes the kind of generic bands that everyone of kind of our age loves Um, I think we all like Mac DeMarco a fair amount I'd say uh, obviously Irish bands like Fontaine's Girl Band The Murder Capital are all amazing we're all big fans of them yeah um, so yeah like we did a cover tonight of the a song called Marilyn by Mount Kimby, which was a they're kind of like a I think their genre is defined as like post dubstep, they're kind of like electronic music, and um, stuff like that rhythmically for me is like um, very interesting. And I kind of try and bring that into some of the drums I do and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think we all kind of love different music, you know, we all have different tastes, and uh, we just try and bring it together to hopefully come up with something original, yeah. And how do you find that then would bring all your different kind of tastes together into the songwriting? Uh, <laughs> it can be uh, obviously extremely rewarding when it goes well but like obviously in the past we've had our moments of 
you know, clashing heads, kind of different, like different people are kind of expecting something different yeah. from something. Uh, like every band, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure. It's like, you know, any band would tell you when you're kind of there in the rehearsal room and you're doing it, you know, a couple of days a week, every single week, you know, tensions can run high, but in a kind of a, not in a very harmful kind of way, but uh, yeah, like I think we've kind of, I think we've kind of found a good groove of kind of a middle ground, what we're all kind of into, what we like doing, like the way we kind of write a lot of the time is just generally people playing what they want to play yeah. and everyone layers it on top of it and then if someone has a suggestion we take it on board but we each have a lot of autonomy and the kind of you know if I like oh I want to play this style of lead guitar here um, or Rob obviously with his bass lines, Brem is drumming and then obviously Simon has a suggestion we always take it on board so yeah and I think it's kind of like you kind of learn to Make compromise in a sense, because like every like because like we're, like everybody. It's like a has, marriage, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. yeah, I mean, like because everybody's bringing like great stuff to the table, but like in terms of like what we want to put out there and like, play and stuff like that, you know, you kind of you realize well one that like you know kind of trying to keep everything kind of in the the pot so to speak, like yeah. you kind of end up with something that's more unique than if say like just one person was just writing everything. What's it like kind of experiencing the scene over Dublin? Uh, yeah, like the, the scene in Dublin at the moment is absolutely amazing. Like it's, 
Obviously, at the, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, like I was about to say, you can go out on you know the week and see great bands, which you can't at the moment, sadly. But uh, before twenty twenty, before yeah, this <laughs> terrible year, we won't mention. Like it, it genuinely, you could go into anywhere in town. You go into Whelan's, you go into Workman's, you know the Grand Social, Shanae, anywhere, and there's going to be so many different acts of completely different genres. It's such a kind of a melting pot, um, and I think Ireland generally is at the moment, anyways, like all around the country, but. Uh, yeah, like I think the scene in Dublin is like incredibly supportive and very, you know, if you play a gig with someone, like you're kind of, you're going to get chatting with them and become friendly with them. And, you know, like even the likes of Bullock Girl who were here today, like we just met them through, you know, the two of us were kind of playing a gig randomly together and, you know, became very good friends. And, you know, whenever, like everyone's always helping each other out and, you know, if there's a gig, throwing people a, a slot or whatever. So it's a, it's a great scene to be a part of, very positive and very kind of supportive scene. Definitely, yeah. It's kind of like family, isn't it? The Irish yeah. music scene. Oh, yeah, it it's, is, sure. yeah. it's so small, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everyone's very nice, which is always, yeah. always cool. Yeah, everyone gives a helping hand to each other, yeah. yeah. And everybody yeah. needs it as well, is the thing. You know, Definitely, like, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know, like, I think bands need the kind of mutual support to kind of prop each other up and introduce each other's audiences. Definitely, of course they do. Yeah, yeah. I suppose especially you now after I suppose twenty twenty the they hit of that that all of that kind of reintroducing is all going to be happening yeah. again. It's yeah, it's really to like remain relevant. Like you know, we're kind of because we released like uh, two singles, I suppose since the lockdown started. Yeah. The first one anyway, and uh, you know it's kind of a decision we have to make. Like, are we going to sit on these? Or are we going to try? keep her name out there yeah i think yeah i don't know i, I think it worked out well yeah also kind of like like my i think like my kind of mentality with music is if it's recorded just get it out there anyways like you know you can sit around all day and uh you know people can show you like charts of like this is the best time to release or like this is when it's going to do the best but like at the end of the day if it's recorded and it's done just Get rid of it and move on to the next one. Like it's kind of you probably won't want to release it <laughs> if you wait too long. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'll just be like, oh, that part of that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rethinking yourself. Yeah. 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 And then I suppose getting your music out there. What do you find is the best platform for you? Um, good question. Like it's it's I think, like from our perspective, like all of the kind of social media kind of stuff like when we when we started the band none of us really had any idea of how anything like that worked and we kind of just had to figure out how to do it but like it's it's, very old. I know, yeah <laughs> but like you know personally i wouldn't use it much but like that kind of stuff is very intangible and yeah. it's hard to see like you know obviously you can be like oh like that photo got a like or whatever but like that doesn't mean anything and like i think at the end of the day like in the past before the lockdown like what we've noticed is like you play a gig, which is probably the same as it's always been. You play a gig, you have a good gig. Someone's at the gig is like, that's good. You might get another gig out of that. Like, I think, uh, I think just real life word of mouth and meeting people is kind of the best way to do it. And like, you can social media is obviously kind of a necessary evil in the modern age. But uh, yeah, and like, unfortunately, we've actually had to learn it all ourselves in terms of all the social media stuff and and anything to do with the music industry because you know, none of us did music in college or anything like that so like yeah. we were sure coming come from different backgrounds <laughs> and, uh, and and trying to figure it out you know like having no clue how to do it. like i think at the beginning like you know doing a story on instagram was like 
a ch- like, not a challenge, but you know what I mean? It was like, it was like, it was, it was, you know, was, we, we had to learn it all from the beginning, you know? So uh, we didn't have any kind of background in any kind of uh, anything to do with the promoting ourselves. So um, it was a, an exciting aspect of it. Yeah, like, it was fun. Yeah. And, and it's funny about yeah, learning as you go, you know? Yeah. So. Do you know why Then you got airplay on the radio waves between the local radio stations and even in the UK. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, it's kind of been a building up throughout the year, which has been very good. Like we've kind of, obviously, um, you know, John Barker, Dan Hegarty uh, on ninety eight FM and two FM have also been very supportive of all of our singles. Uh, but it's been nice seeing those kind of, you know, the years gone on with the new releases because, like, again, you're releasing music, you're sitting at home, nothing's really changing, you're not getting yeah. bigger gigs, you're not seeing anything, you're just putting music out there, and. Um, so like it's been nice to see you know like you know a couple of people in the uk i think it was was it steve mac hugh stevens and there's been loads of you know smaller radio stations around all around the uk ireland like we've i think there's a good few people in hungary was it was it hungary that are listening to us yeah and playing us? big in hungary yeah. <laughs> another funny one was uh we got played a couple of times at like Luton football clubs like home they're matches. mad for us yeah and like a, like a Playlist they play before the the game starts. That's yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. revving everyone on. Yeah, <laughs> we're big supporters now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like all, all throughout the year, like we see it on like whatever Twitter or whatever. You get kind of the tag and it's like the Luton Town like playlist before they go on. It's always like one of our singles kind of thing. So uh, yeah. shout out to Luton Town. Obviously, a great bunch of lads. I haven't gotten the the walk up sign. No, so no, that'll be the next. Yeah. Miles. Never know now. <laughs> but yeah, like it's obviously great getting the, the radio play in. Like you obviously hope obviously more people are listening to it. That's all you can really hope for when you're writing music. You just want people to listen to it and enjoy it and make what they what they want to of it kind of thing. Definitely, yeah. So it's been yeah, it's been good. And you mentioned that you're you're big and hungry. Yeah, well, you know, I think we got a few plays in some kind of random radio stations over there and uh you know, you look at the Spotify analytics and stuff and you can see you get some plays over there, but uh um yeah like i don't have much to say about that it's just um yeah they seem to they seem to like us over there yeah i don't know yeah. why Good bunch yeah. Of lads, yeah. at certain points like you might get added to a playlist like i know in belgium for a while we were getting a lot of streams because we were on like some there was a few belgium yeah i think there was, yeah. a, there was a few belgian people asking when our debut album was going to be out yeah that's the good thing about spotify you know like you can like you, know, you never know where you're going to be picked up and you know Who's gonna like where your music will get traction? And, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it has pitfalls, but it also has its advantages too. It so. does, yeah. So. I was chatting to Sarka Richardson, oh, and yeah. uh, she said that she's massive in the US, oh, all because yeah. she was added to a play- playlist. Yeah. They're very yeah. careful. So the playlists are really cool. Like they really yeah. kind of come on. And they have a massive reach. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, she's she's incredible as well. They're amazing. Irish artists really talented. You never know now, there might be a tour coming up someday. All of you, you yeah, girls, all of them together. <laughs> <laughs> and then I suppose with all the doom gloom then of COVID-19 and kind of lingering in the air, did you get anything positive out of it as a band? I think definitely. Yeah. Like, so we, we wrote uh, one of the songs like called Nothing More uh, during the lockdown. So we literally wrote it remotely. Um, you released it last September. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, was it September? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so like I wrote all of the drums on Logic, which is the software, you know, and um, uh, so completely programmed drums. And then um, we'd just be sending each other like 
Paul would sing into his phone as a WhatsApp note. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I'd, like, download the WhatsApp note and, like, put it into Logic and try and make it sound half decent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, same with Rob at the bass and uh, everyone else. And um, we built up this demo and, like, it was, it took a very long time. But um, yeah. I think, like, those kind of limitations can sometimes force creativity in new ways. Definitely, and um, yeah. I think it challenged us and it produced a song I think we're all very proud of. And um, that's something we'll always have from that period of time. We can look back at that period of time and think to ourselves, you know, it wasn't a waste of time, you know. We challenged ourselves and we created something that we're all very proud of. So Definitely. it was um that was fantastic about about lockdown. You know, you can, you can silver lining if you will. You know what I mean? It was really nice. Right, I think it's time for another old one. Um, this is actually the uh, the first song that we ever wrote together. Probably uh, a year ago, two years ago. Um, it's pretty good. It's like a fine wine. Um, so this one is called uh, Sometimes a Sight.
What was your favourite song that she performed tonight in my place? So you go oh, first. Oh, okay, I'll go first. Um, enjoyed life tonight. I enjoyed nothing more tonight a lot. I thought that was good. I performed it well and I thought it was tonight. Yeah. It's fun it's fun getting to play these kinds of the songs that, you know, we haven't really played because they're ones that we released Save since like lockdown. Yeah. But, so I enjoyed them, like nothing more in strain. They were fun. Some of the old ones were fun as well, like sometimes the side is very open, which uh, we kind of had a demo of, which we kinda need to <laughs> work on a bit more if we want to release it again but um, we played a new one which was not a name yet which we've been kind of working on like as we uh, as restrictions have eased up you know we've been able to practice a bit in our rehearsal space and um, yeah I think that was one of those kind of the first time we performed that live for anyone so Kitchen Sinking for me is always the best one it's just it's a lot of energy. It's Unfortunately, fun. my floor tom completely collapsed <laughs> tonight in the middle of the kitchen sinking. Yeah. Completely collapsed at the beginning of the song. So towards the end of the song, there's a point where I kind of stopped playing drums a little bit. So like, this is my opportunity to kind of fix the drum. But um, yeah, well, man. you know, well, I, I, I salvaged yeah. it. I didn't notice. So. Nobody <laughs> noticed. I think it's thanks to the people behind the camera. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so oh, yeah. The magic camera. Work. They did some post production stuff there. I know. Yeah. What's next for TV people? Uh, Jesus, when are we getting out of lockdown? Probably. Um, We're going to hopefully record an EP early next year. I mean, we'd love to, like, you know, do like a little Irish tour if we're able to. Yeah, that'd be class. But I mean, absolutely, yeah. Number one. Yeah. But obviously, we can try and work around it and do stuff like this if we can't do that. Uh, Yeah. It'd be great to go over to the UK as well, play a couple of gigs. People yeah. have been asking about that, so I mean, nobody really knows what's going to happen yeah. next year, but hopefully, it'll be all nice in the backstage. And the few people in Hungary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Hungary tour. So, you've kind of performed a lot of stages now since becoming a band. Any particular performance standing out for you? Uh, obviously, Mike the Pies is uh, <laughs> a lovely one. Yeah, this was a great one to do. Yeah. Really enjoyed this the one. The sound was unreal. Like, yeah. It's amazing. It's like it's brilliant to see here in Bunker. I was going to hear ourselves because we were on the stage. Shout out to Cookie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Some some gigs like obviously like your own like we played lots of lots of good support slots and stuff like that, which I've I've obviously enjoyed a lot. Like supporting kind of touring bands, which is always very exciting. Um, but I think like for me like when you when you have like we haven't done one in a long time now obviously we were meant to be doing one to start of the year but COVID kind of stopped it but yeah. obviously anytime you do your own headline show is just amazing because yeah. you know there's there's more of that kind of connection with the crowd so I think the last one we did was probably the Grand Social last year was it? I think so yeah. Yeah that, that was a great one for me because um, it's nice after then just yeah. you know going out to the smoking area and having a few drinks chatting away to people kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure everyone has yeah, it's very much kind of like a gathering of like all their like family and friends and stuff like that you know it's nice yeah um, yeah there's a we supported a band called Twisted Wheel and um, as well at Whelan's which is very fun too I enjoyed that one a lot and um, yeah there's been so many we've done loads and loads of gigs in uh, Whelan's upstairs which is a great place to play and um, it's just kind of hard to kind of pin down one particular they're, all, they're all so long ago now, I bet you can remember what it's like to play a gig apart from tonight, you know? Yeah. And I suppose now it's your, it's, it's your first time in Mike the Pies, and it's your first time really here doing it to a live stream audience, mm. not um, a real life audience. 
I'm sure the real people here will be absolutely bopping around the place. But what do you love about my five? What do I love about it? Jesus, the uh, the sound was absolutely amazing. Um, like the stage setup, the entire sound, both when we were kind of playing, uh, you know, I could really feel my vocal and my and my guitar so well. And then obviously got to see Bullet Girl, so I, I heard everything so perfectly. Uh, the sound is absolutely amazing. Obviously, the staff are all lovely. I'll have to come back in a, in a few months and, and speak for how nice the pints are, but I'm sure they're very nice as well. Yeah. Um, there's a really nice aesthetic, this is very random, but there's a really, <laughs> really nice aesthetic at the bar with all the, the lights, like the kind of with the kind of glass chandelier yeah I, mean, I said to take a few pictures <laughs> yeah just I just love to be there and like Christmas Eve like having a pint well touch wood now next year yeah you know? that's it yeah. yeah it, it just feels like there's kind of an energy in the room you know you can you know that there's been so many amazing yeah. gigs on here so when you're playing it's kind of such a privilege yeah it's real kind of history for the group like in terms of like the gigs and stuff like that with all the pictures and the posters on the wall no doubt the future is so bright for TV people. And no doubt at all that you'll be back here in Mike's Pies as soon as things open it's back open. up with a real life audience mm. burst into the guild to get a bit of music into the veins. So thanks a million TV people. Thanks very much. So Before much. you go, where would you rather be? We'd rather, We'd rather be, be in Mike's Pies.
Backstage at Mike the Pies was produced and presented by Megan O'Donoghue for Hot Press Podcasts. (laughs) 